Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, Kerry's really good. He's being strong down there. The other big guy... Deloria hurt us too. We gave up 40 points down there. Uh, that's a, a problem uh, we've had uh, all year. But I thought we fought hard. We, you know, we missed threes early. We need to make some. Uh, I thought we had some pretty good looks, but you know, we've got to make some of those uh, to compete. Duke's very good. They're really good. Got a great point guard. They got. Tremendous uh, group of players, and the big kid is is really good. He's got great hands. He's really tough down there. Rex had a career high tonight. What did you see from him? He's playing great. You know, he stays out of foul, foul trouble. He's doing a lot of things. He's passing. He's driving. Uh, he's a really good player. You know, for us to win, Elijah has got to shoot better, you know, from the three. And he's had a good night, but he's got to make some of those. But he's got to make a couple more. Um you know, Joe's got to make a couple more, basically. But we got to score a lot of points. Duke's going to score points against us. We can't stop them. So we're going to have to score a lot of points to beat them. You guys have seen a lot of pretty good big guys this year. How would you rank Burden Carey compared to the guys? He's real good. We've, everybody's good against us. We've made a lot of big guys into all, American, all Americans this year. You guys played some pretty good big guys. Yeah, they've all averaged about 24 points and 10 rebounds against us. So it's hard to pick one out from the other because they've all done the same thing. And some of them aren't very good. Since they played us, they haven't done anything. Coming into the game, Mark led the team in free throws. You led the team in fouls drawn tonight. What do you think gives him that ability to just draw contact? He gets to the lane, and he's got good moves around there, and he's, he's difficult to guard. He's very difficult to guard. He's a very good player. He's a, he's a very good player. Fans were great tonight. I mean, they, they've, they've been great all year. We haven't played as well as we'd like to here, but I think uh, I think we're getting a little bit better, and that's a good thing. All right, we'll see you next week. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. And today, James... If you'd like it, if you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So welcome. Happy Monday. We're a day late. We did so so we could bring on the um, Syracuse Orange basketball beat writer for News Magician, a.k.a. 315 Legend, a.k.a. Cuse Militia podcast <laughs> Facebook top fan, James <laughs> James, what's up, buddy? One, I can finally get introduced as Facebook top fan. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Two, the, the real me could never live up to the legend. Uh, if you knew how lame I was, I could not be referred to as a legend. So there's that. <laughs> I don't know. The ubiquitous 
uh, James Zuba all over the place. He was at the Duke game. We want to get his thoughts. He got to see the crowd. He got to see the student section, which was actually lit, as the young kids say, uh, for this game. So, um, it, it, and, you know, we'll get into it. Syracuse drops their second ACC game in a row at the Dome against Duke. Uh, as the Blue Devils, they just shoot way above their averages from the line and from the field. Syracuse falls at 13-9, and 6-5 in the ACC. And um, the Wake preview, well, that can wait. That can wait. Uh, we will get into all of that here shortly. We'll give you our thoughts. But first, as always, James, are you a betting man? Uh, depends. 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 Well, if you were, <laughs> if you were and you did it online, I would recommend you go to my bookie. Attention past, present, and future MyBookie players. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced better like Joe or an inexperienced better like me. MyBookie welcomes all that come to play. If you got questions, no worries. Uh, you find yourself um, wanting to know what it's all about. MyBookie's patient customer service team is there to walk you through it. They can ask, a- answer any of your questions you got. And the best part is if you join right now, MyBookie's still running the dollar-for-dollar dollar deal. Go to MyBookie.ag and make your deposit using the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks to jumpstart the bankroll so what are you waiting for go to mybookie.ag make a deposit using the promo code chair mybookie will match you up to a thousand bucks uh dollar for dollar so thank you mybookie you play you win you get paid okay so um i'm just gonna go I'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go right into the good the bad and the ugly for 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 me, and then I'm gonna give it to stop, James. Stop calling me names, man. I'm sick of it already. <laughs> no. Hey, I love how you say I'm an experience better every time on that read. By the way, and I don't even bet. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, um, fantasy football, you, okay, okay. You, but I don't do sports book. Okay, well, you have. You've done it more than night. Draft, put it that way. Draft okay. Kings, yeah, maybe yeah, in the yeah. past. Maybe in the past. Um. So anyway. The good, the bad, the ugly. Plus nine on turnovers for Syracuse. Syracuse turned those 19 turnover, Duke turnovers into 22 points. That's great. Marvelous Mark Dolzai. He was just that. He finished with a career high. 22 points, 8 for 14 from the field, 6 for 7 from the line, and 6 rebounds. Uh, the crowd was awesome, as I mentioned. 31,458 fans showed up. The Orange actually totaled 38 points in the paint, which I said if they get – there's no way they're going to get 36 again. Uh, as they did two games in a row before that, and they get 38. So whatever, I was egg on my face for that. The bad Duke scored 44 points in the paint, and you know the Orange struggled with with Vernon Carey as we kind of expected. Uh, he had his way on the inside, 26 points and 17 rebounds. Coach talked about Gary's inability to stay out of foul trouble, and we get that. But uh, the dude Gary was getting mauled down there, uh, pretty bad. I'd like to <laughs> see what y'all think about that. I think he was, but you know he's foul prone. It is what it is, and I know it's. Going to take some time for him to to progress, but honestly, thought it would it would be coming a little bit bit faster than than it is. So uh, the ugly, Syracuse was able to put up 16 more shots than Duke. Nine of those from behind the arc. Duke has allowed the fewest successful three point shots in the ACC, and that trend continued against Syracuse. They were six for 26, 23.1 percent from behind the line from behind the arc, and you'd think. 80 points could win you a game, but uh, the percentage was lacking just a little bit. Uh, they got to make shots, as James reiterated on, on Twitter after the game. In their last three games, Cuse is 20 of 75 from three, 26.6%. So before the, that three-game stretch, Syracuse was shooting as a team 36.1. They're down to 34.7 right now. You know, still pretty good, but the past three games have been a struggle. James. 
you were there. What'd you think? Give it. Tell us what you think. Let us know how you feel. I was there. Uh, the crowd was great. They've been great all year, except for when they got called out in the non-conference. <laughs> uh, that was only no. Uh, yeah, no. I was. I was there. Uh, had a lot of fun. Really cool environment. Uh, I, I was kind of hyping up the the student section doing the swag surfing thing. Uh, that's the first time I've seen them do anything like that. I thought it was really cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm lame and just getting old and it's not cool, but I thought it was cool. Uh, the, the striped dome looked better than I thought it was. I was kind of skeptical going in. Uh, the, the blue section didn't really turn out so great. <laughs> there were a few like speckles, uh, and the others, but, uh, you know, I, I thought it, it came out okay. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty loud environment, thirty one thousand, uh, a little bit over that, and it was a great environment for a game. Uh, I thought the first half was great, really uh, back and forth. Duke Duke took a, a little bit of a lead going into the half, and then the second half it really just kind of got away from Syracuse. They made a push late, but you know, too too many whistles I think to to really build some momentum and, and get over the hump. And you know, every time Syracuse made a push, Duke just made a play. Uh, and and I think you know at the end of the day, Duke's just a better team, and on that night it just showed. Yeah, um, to to the the point of the stripe and the dome thing. Great idea. I think it's time to just do orange outs. Uh, just orange out. Yeah, it would have been better. Yeah, it, 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 agreed. It, yeah, it's just beautiful from a distance too. So, Joe. Yeah, I agree a lot with the, the points that James brought up. Uh, but basically, my biggest thing is you look at the you know the percentage that they shot from from the floor. You can't play Duke and allow them to shoot 57.5%. And then the fact that they think they were coming in as a team shooting 67% uh, from the free throw line, they shoot 88%. I mean, I know personally they were showing Vernon Carey every time he went up in the line. Oh, 59% free throw shooter. Okay. He had 8 for 10. <laughs> yeah. So, Figures, right? Um, we knew that he was going to have a good game. And I thought that, uh, that we played really, really well as far as forcing turnovers. And I thought Gerard really played well. I don't think he got stripped by Trey Jones, which I definitely thought was coming. Um, so I think Buddy could have, you know, played a little better. I think that um, we could have made some shots. But overall, you're not going to beat Duke when they're shooting those percentages. I mean, if they shoot their normal free throw percentage, like average, then that's six or seven less points. It's a different game. But um, the percentages were just too much to beat a team like that. Just so many shots went up in that game. So many. 124, something like that. All together. I mean, that's a ton. So a lot yeah. of opportunities. Syracuse had the opportunities to 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 you know keep that game a little bit tighter, and it wasn't bad. I mean, it could have been. It could have got ugly. It could have got ugly in the middle of the second half there, and it didn't. But when when I when they when they went into the locker room down by four and they led all seventeen minutes of the first half, I was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, hopefully yeah. maybe there's a chance they can come out of the locker room and, and, and play strong. But once they got down. They got down really quick in the second half, and I was like, well, uh, it's going to be a struggle because Duke was just feeling it. They struggled at first. They were having trouble with, with the ball on offense. They turned the ball over a ton, especially in the beginning. And then once they got their legs, man, they just kind of – they just worked it. And it just they were feeling it. So, I mean, like Joe said, 57.4% from the field. You know, we each only yeah. hit – we only we each only hit six threes. Yeah. So, and yeah, they play fun. such aggressive defense. Go ahead, James. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's funny. Syracuse played so well out of the gate. And for most of the first half, they played so well. And, you know, in the last four minutes or so, Duke really made a run. 
and then took a four-point lead in the half. So that really takes the wind out of the sails a little bit. You know, when you play at a high level and then the other team comes in and they, they're still able to take a lead into the half. You know, I thought Buddy had a good look in the corner three uh, with about two seconds yeah. left out of the out-of-bounds play. Yeah. They clanked off the iron, and, and that could have really shifted momentum. And instead, you go into you go into the half. You played really well. You're down four, and then Duke comes out, and of course, they continue the run. I, I thought that was a big key. Yeah, and it's just you know we've seen Syracuse in, in their wins. Uh, the the five game stretch that they had there, they they were blowing leads. They were down by a lot in some of those games, and but they they persevered. They came back, and, and you yeah. know you're playing a you're playing a the six ranked team in the nation, and a guy like Vernon Carey. I mean, you know. He's just a whole nother animal than what we've seen so far this year. No. So. And like what I was talking about with their defense, I mean, they have a good defensive team and they just keep subbing out and they just have almost like nine, 10 guys that just go through and they play tough, aggressive defense. They don't care about following because then the next guy comes in. And uh, I mean, to what Beheim talked about in his presser, he said something about we played like seven games in like 20 days and yeah. we really only go six deep. So you have to imagine that in those type of games, there's going to be some lulls. There's potential for lulls when you only play six guys and you have a team like Duke just throwing guys at you, just waves of, you know. I know, and they're just able to do that. How many guys did they play really? They uh, Nine. Yeah. <laughs> so – with oh yeah, they all had significant minutes. Really, Delorier with twelve minutes was 12. was the least. So yeah, shout yeah. out to Kevin Delorier, man. Twelve minutes and five fouls. That's, that's <laughs> I know. I just put just put Sadibi to shame. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really starting to hate Alex O'Connell. Um, oh man, yeah, he just he yeah. bothers me because he hasn't really done anything, and then he comes in against a two three zone almost every time he they play us, and he hits big shots. It's just every like, time in the dome. It was the past two games right. in the Dome, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a big second half last year as well. That was a big key to them winning that game. Was yeah. him coming in and shooting hot. Yeah, and Sy- Syracuse really could have exploited that mismatch a little bit more too. I thought, you know, the the perimeter defenders that they have, like Trey Jones, you get more back for this game. He's another guy that's capable of defending out there. Um, you know, and they're switching things, and you know, they're switching ball screens and things like that. But I, I thought when when you know Alex O'Connell's in the game, you got to attack him. Uh, I don't care who's on. <laughs> I don't care if he's on Joe Girard, Elijah, Buddy, whoever he's on. You have a mismatch right there. You got to take him. Uh, I, th- I thought Syracuse could have could have done a little bit better job there attacking him. Yeah, all in all, I guess you know, just a missed opportunity, and you know, I mean, I don't know. It's it's frustrating more so on a personal level for me. Uh, losing that game really sucked. But uh, <laughs> it did. It sucks really bad. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like it is like one of the worst losses. I get so upset. But um, uh, at the end of the day, though, you know, there's there's more opportunities. There's there's nine games left, and, and plus a tournament. Um, so we'll see. I mean, did we have a buy seller hold one time where we talked about Syracuse making the tournament? Didn't we have one of those? We probably did. We probably. Did. I thought we did. I was trying to look it up to see what we all said. I think I said sell, and I think it you might guys have been both. Oh, uh, maybe was it? Maybe it might have been on our pod. I think we might have done it on ours. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's interesting to go back and see what we said in the beginning because we talked about total points too, uh, total average points for uh, the end of the season too. So it'll be see. It'll be fun to see if that comes through. So speaking of buy seller hold, are we ready? Do we want to play? <laughs> Do we have enough questions? I yeah yeah. So, so I no. So, so, 
hold, hold the bicep. First, first of all, can, why can nobody figure this out, man? I don't this know. Is, this I, is not rocket science here. Man. I, I watch sell, sell, sell the team. Syracuse sucks. <laughs> <laughs> No, be, that's, that's not how it works. I've tried to word this different. I think next time I'll have to give examples. I've tried wording it different. I've tried yeah. making it colorful. I've tried pointing no. uh, pointing out people who do do a good job. And since it hasn't worked with you, I tried today, and we had another fan that just didn't get it. So, uh, you know, I just don't understand. Hold, hold. You got to hold. <laughs> Sean's got to let the dog in real quick. Yeah, I'll let the dog in. That's all right. I, I forgot. I, actually, uh, I forgot. I ordered I food, so I'm gonna have to step away at some point too. Uh, I ordered food from from downstairs. Oh, like, okay. How <laughs> how lazy do you have to be to put in an order and have food delivered from downstairs? From di- from literally <laughs> downstairs. What do you want on top of? <laughs> well, I'm in an apartment. I live in New York, so I'm in an apartment building. So there's like a restaurant downstairs. So I really? put in a seamless order. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of restaurant is it? Uh, it's an Italian place. I just it, ordered a little bit of eggplant. So do they got? Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that healthy or something? <laughs> Is, so is yeah, it, I hope, it, hopefully it'll be good. We'll see. They got a bar down there. Uh, you know what? Not in that particular place, but there's about five restaurants on my my block, and like four of them do have a bar. So oh well, four out of five ain't bad. Shooting eighty percent there. It's pretty good. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So Chris on Facebook. He did a masterful job. He did. He really did. He he has he had two of presented two of them, and I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the second one he brought on here, and he says buy, sell, or hold. A week off will bring our three point shooting back from wherever it crawled into. James, I buy that. Um, I think as mentioned, you know, Syracuse has had a pretty rough stretch here in terms of number of games and, and number of days and you know as mentioned uh really like the top three shooters joe buddy and elijah they're all playing heavy minutes so there's not really much of a chance for rest in there uh, I, I think you know part of it too is that a lot of teams are starting to play syracuse up on the perimeter and making them drive um and they're not helping off so a lot of times you'll see like elijah drive and they're not helping off joe or buddy um so so i buy that oh joe uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, be a little boring here, but I'm going to have to buy it too. And uh, for a lot of the reasons that James uh, had brought up, but also the fact that um, I do believe that, like, just this past game, I think that Mark probably should have got the ball a little bit more in the second half. I think there's no reason why he shouldn't have been able to got 30 in that game. Uh, but, again, sometimes we get in these situations in the second half where we try to get some of the shooters hot and go away from him. But I just think that Mark – definitely had some potential to get the ball a little bit more in the second half and get some more points and exploit the uh, the mismatches that he had. Um, so I can see uh, next week our coach is putting in some type of game plan to try to get Mark more involved in the offense because he's obviously shown. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. He can score more than what he has been, been doing. So that should be able to open up the three-point shooting as well and getting the legs under him, having a week off, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, okay. <clears throat> to, just to piggyback on what you were saying, um, you would think they would learn this already. It's been like it's been like three games in a row now where they've they've deferred from letting Mark get inside and, and resort to shooting from outside. And both of the two losses, definitely. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. Well, he was in foul trouble too. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, you know, I love in how the one game. Coach, but, coach did but there see, has been yeah, there has been games where he's scored. He looks like he's going to put up close to twenty, and then in the second half, we kind of resort to trying to get the suit the other shooters hot instead of going away from what was working. I think that Mark is capable of possibly being our number two, number three score. And what do you think, James, you think having, having this newly found inside game that they've, they've just been working and it's been so successful. It, it seems like it's not really limiting their shots too much, but um, is it just throwing them? I mean, is it throwing them off yeah. balance? What is it? It's hard to be two dimensional like that. It's a lot. I, th- I think that like the offense hasn't really been the problem. I mean, Syracuse scored a lot of points against Duke on Saturday. Um, and, you know, the offense has been there all year, flirting yeah. around 20th in offensive efficiency in Ken Palm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, what's changed over the past few weeks is that a lot of teams are now starting to figure out what Syracuse is all about. And that's, right. you know, making, you know, people know Buddy Beheim's a shooter. They're going to chase him off the line. They're going to be up in his shorts and they can put it on the deck. He's he's proven that he can do that, uh, but teams are really taking his three-point shot away. And same with Joe Girard. You know, a lot of the looks that he's getting are like from 25 feet plus, where a defender's not necessarily out there right in his shorts. Um, so they're, they're making him a driver as well. Uh, so kind of same deal with Elijah. You know, I think Elijah's definitely more capable off the dribble. Um, you know, he can make those plays, but teams are really playing up on Syracuse. And when you do that, when you play those three perimeter guys tough and you don't help off, uh, that opens it up for Marek. So he gets the ball in and around the high post and he can make plays. Um, and he's he's really tough to guard in there, man. I mean, he, he's he got the spin move down. Every time he gets it, it's a pass fake. He'll dribble, he'll put it down, it's an up fake, and then he's drawing contact or he's finishing. He's creating space and he's getting that little floater off too, so... You know, when when teams are playing those guys tough and they're they're playing on the perimeter, that opens it up for a guy like Marek. Um, I will. I think you know. Okay, buy, sell, or hold. I didn't state the rules. You get you get only get one buy. hold. <laughs> <laughs> buy. <laughs> I know you Sorry. could do that a hundred times and it's still funny, because. <laughs> um, uh, I think the rules are, by the way, you can only use one hold per is three questions. You get one hold per segment. Okay. One segment's three questions, but look, I'm going to use, I'm going to use my hold, man. I don't know because I felt like it's been flat in, in like to James's point, people are, people are defending it and they're doing a good job. So if everybody continues to do that, if he doesn't, 
uh, evolve or change his game up a little bit. Something's got to give, and I don't. I just don't know. I don't know. But they they've come out and surprised me plenty. I've been. I, I love being wrong, so I have no problems with that <laughs> at all. No problems with that at all. So, um, okay, let's see. Daryl on Facebook. The only way this team makes it into the tournament would be beating both Florida State and Louisville on the road, along with winning five out of seven of the other games. So that would be the only. Now let's put the we all we always get into the muddy waters of the ACC tournament. We're not talking Damn ACC. <laughs> We're not talking ACC tournament. <laughs> We're strictly talking going into the ACC tournament. Can they be a lock? Would that be a way to do it? Absolutely. Uh, go, Joe. Go ahead. You're first. You remember the question? <laughs> yes, I remember the question, okay, okay. and I'm going to sell because okay. I don't think that you need to win both of those. Okay. Uh, I don't think that I do think that we have a favorable schedule uh, for the rest of the way, minus those those away games. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know North Carolina got Cole Anthony back; they got a big that could possibly give us some some problems. So I'm a little nervous about them, but. Again, I think Boston College is a bad matchup with us. Pittsburgh, bad matchup. Miami's not that great. We got to win these next two at home. Um, you win the games. I mean, obviously, you'd love to win those those road games, but I, I'm going to sell because I still think that you can win enough and, and maybe just win one of those games, right? The question was winning both, right? So right. You, can, you can win one of those games and win a lot of the next ones that you're supposed to and, and still, I think, be right there where we usually have – been and lived the last what three four years so yeah so you you sold you only need to win one of those two i don't think you need to win both okay james buy up yep sean sean you ruined my whole set i was gonna say (laughs) because you could just win the acc tournament and get the (laughs) yeah right we're not going that (laughs) route again (laughs) all right outside of the acc tournament i'm I'm gonna sell and to, to joe's point i don't think you need to win both of them uh you probably need to win at least one of them um and there there may be even i don't know what the bubble's going to look like in a few weeks and everybody knows the down year in college hoops etc cetera, etc cetera. um i i don't know I, I think there might be an outside chance where you could still lose both of those games and win out all the others and still make it it might be more of a long shot but you know if you look at it i think nc state you win that game at home that's a quad two win uh, if you win on the road at Pittsburgh, that would be a quad one win. And then you can go on the road at Miami and get another quad two win to, to close out the year. And then, of course, all the other games, I believe, are um, quad three. But if you win all those games and then maybe win a game or two in the ACC tournament, and mind you, that's that's on a neutral floor. So that, you know, any team one through 50 in the net would be a quad one win. Um, if they win those games. So I, I think there's a path outside of, you know, getting both of those wins. Uh, you probably do need at least one and it's going to be a tall order, but I think, I think there's a path outside of, you know, needing Florida state and Louisville. You don't, if you don't win one of those, now we're talking ACC tournament run, yeah. but I, I'm no. going to, I'm going to, I mean, you need to have a good win. Right, exactly. Like a signature win. Exactly. Like, exactly. That would be one of those two would be a signature right, win. It right. would be hard because at the end of the day, who'd you beat, right? We'd need to wait to the ACC tournament, which we kind of, it's hard to exclude. But Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know it is. It, it, it is. But it's one of those things. It's like you can't ask the damn question without getting to the weeds in it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to also sell that. I agree. You go, you win one of those. Um, and the problem is, is they're back to back and they're on the road. So yeah, you know, you got a good shot at, at winning one of those though. I think, 
I think, in my opinion, and I mean, this, this might be the homer in me, but I think Syracuse got a shot to beat anybody. I really do. I mean, I'm college basketball. I mean, we've talked about that, Joe, where, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like that right now. But um, I, have a, I have a lot of confidence in Syracuse. I had confidence with them going into the Duke game. I thought that was going to be about probably about what it was if I had to put money down on it. But I was I was still I was still impressed with the way they played. 88 points to James's point earlier. I mean, it's solid. It was a solid game. They just could not stop Duke. Couldn't stop them. They, they battled. They were in there. And yeah. you know, looking at the schedule too, I think equally as important as winning those games is not losing any of the quadrant three games. Um, right. Just, just going yeah. back to the net because I'm, you know, so totally involved in the net. No, yeah. but, you have to be. You know, That's what Syracuse yeah. still does have three quadrant one wins. They're, they're three and one in quadrant one games in ACC play. You know, that's with the Duke loss. So, so they, right. they were three and zero oh prior to that. Um, and, you know, still two and oh and six and oh in quadrant three and quad four games respectively. So um, I think if you can avoid the pitfalls, like, you know, I think UNC can be a tricky one just because they have two dominant bigs um, in Baycott, you know, and Garrison Brooks, and then they have Cole Anthony back. So that could potentially look worse should they lose that game than what it actually is. Um, but, you know, anyways, there, there's a path. I'm rambling now about the net, but I just wanted to get that point across. Well, we talk about the net, and that's one of the only things I go by because, I mean, it, it's supposed to be set up for you to look at it and be able to tell and not really have to question whether or not your team is in or out. And that's that game at Syracuse for Duke was a quad one game for them. So, I mean, that says something. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm always got my eye on that. By the way, Syracuse dropped from 60 in the net to... 66. Oh, no, the 66, yeah. 60 to 66, right. So, um, anyways. All right. Let's see. This one here. So, I put out polls of who you hate more. Okay, the, uh, the 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 Twitter poll I was able to put down um, four teams because Twitter uh, Twitter lets you do that. So, uh, who do you hate more, Orange fans? Georgetown, Duke, UConn, or Pitt? George Georgetown came in at uh, second with thirty six percent, and Duke ran away with it pretty much at forty eight percent out of six hundred and thirty three votes, which is our record on votes for a Twitter poll. And then uh-huh. uh, between Georgetown and Duke on Facebook. Um, 170 votes. Duke took it with 70% to 30%. So, uh, by, that's just an emotional vote because we were about to play Duke. That's all. Recency I, bias. Yeah, yep. Recency Absolutely. bias for sure. But that goes into that. That's a good point that goes into this. Um, which is doesn't have anything to do with Georgetown. I was just testing the waters there. But uh, by <laughs> seller hold, Duke is Syracuse's biggest ACC rival. I'll 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 go first. My turn to go first. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I got my hand in the air so, <laughs> because, because I just before anybody cuts me off. So as much as I would love that, as much as I would love that, and we've talked about it, and um, you know a lot of fans have talked about it, and they've played some epic games, man. Especially when they first got into the ACC, and I mean the 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 win last year, the first and only I believe ever team to beat Duke at home when Duke was ranked first, and they were you know. Syracuse being unranked, um, huge, huge. But I got to be honest, the the Notre Dame games this year have piqued my interest, and you got to have the players be into it too. Um, and, and you know those two games, they were getting chippy like that with each other. Um, that brings back you know some old Big East memories of you know Syracuse back in the day. So I got to say, I got to sell on that. I think the two Notre Dame games this year. 
kind of, you know, I hope that that could build something. I'd love it for, to be Duke. On a personal level, I'd love it to be Duke. I just don't. <laughs> Duke has their thing with North Carolina. That's the one big thing, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, James. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell there as well. Um, it, it's a big game for Syracuse. It's a huge event. Obviously, when the Carrier Dome gets 30,000 plus every time they come to town, that says yeah. a lot about the game. But as you mentioned with Duke, they're going to have their rivalry with Carolina. And everybody else thinks they're Duke's rival as well. Like NC State thinks they're Duke's rival. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think the Notre Dame game, um, when you give it, you give like the, the Big East history as well, before both teams join in the ACC, there's more history there to go off of. Uh, I think they're in that conversation. I think Virginia is as well. I mean, how many, um, you know, we didn't have the, the Big East matchups with Virginia, but we've had a lot of good games with Virginia um, you know, they, they've won more, but Syracuse, you could argue, has, has won the bigger games um, when you think of the 2016 Tournament. Elite Eight. Yep. Um, and then, you know, maybe Louisville, too. I think one of the local reporters last year was asking Jordan Wara, you know, who who's Louisville's rival in the ACC? And he said Syracuse. And there's more history there. Yeah. Uh, you had Patino and Bayheim. You know, yep. Patino was a Bayheim protege. Obviously, he's not there anymore, but you have the, the history. So I think, you know, I would put all of those teams – and even maybe like a, a Pittsburgh before um, Syracuse Duke, uh, I think Pittsburgh kind of views Syracuse as a little bit of a rival as well. So I, I would put all those teams. You know, it's it's a great event. Um, you know, Syracuse and Duke it always seems to deliver. It's a great game, but I don't think it's a rivalry. Joe. Now I guess I use my hold, and I just think that it's basically based upon history. The fact that it's time. I don't think since we joined the ACC, I think there's no doubt in my mind that. This game has brought in, you know, the big games, big crowds, record-setting crowds, right? So I can't say right now definitively that they are their biggest rival because I don't think it's going to be hard to rival UNC Duke no matter what. So I don't think it's ever going to be Duke's rival. But just based off the history of the team, so many teams from the old Big East that we've played for so long. And again, like you talked about, Louisville, Patino, we've had some good ones with Notre Dame. So. Um, based upon history, you can't. It, it's it can't be true. But since we've joined the ACC, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt that those have produced the best games, the best atmospheres, um, best drama. So, yeah. and with just again with the coaches too, right? I mean, Coach K, Jim Beheim coaching together with the Olympics and everything, the history they have together, just everything. Um, since the ACC, I think it is, but it can't be compared to the history that we've had with the Pittsburghs and the. Boston colleges and teams like that. The points. So, who do you think in the ACC, Joe? Who who do you think it would be right now? Like I said, and since we've joined, I think it's Duke. But okay. you can't compare it to how many years of history, right? Oh yeah, sure, sure. So because we're still playing Georgetown every year too, which is great. But well, I gotta yeah. be honest, and we play though, Pittsburgh every year. We play Pittsburgh every year in football, and we yeah. play them twice every yeah. single year in yeah. basketball. We play yeah. Boston College twice every year in basketball because of those reasons. Well, here's here's the thing. But the Georgetown rivalry, like I know people hate Georgetown. They still want to call. They still want to keep this rivalry alive. And I think it's great. It's nostalgic. But I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I just it just it doesn't feel like that. I know we've been playing them. What is it? we played three years in a row now, um, making that happen. So. Um, and I believe yeah. they probably will continue to do that and flip flop, you know, between home and away games for each other. But I don't know. It just it doesn't have. It's nostalgic, but it doesn't have the same feel. It just doesn't. So because the game doesn't mean a lot, you know. Same with UConn. Man. It's it's the yeah. same yeah. Yeah. sort of lack of feel. 
Yeah. You know, even when those teams, when they play at Madison Square Garden, it's a it's a big game. And, you know, the crowd comes out for it and you have the history. But it's more so about the history than it is about, you know, present day. And, you know, I, th- I think Syracuse is going to play Georgetown as long as Jim's the coach. But yeah, when, when he retires, I don't know if that game's going to continue. Oh, no, no, I doubt it will. No, and that's that's what I was going to say is that these games are pretty much be, they're being held on by connections, right? Like, oh, Patrick yeah, Ewing, he yeah. coached against, you know, right. once Bayheim's gone, Patrick Ewing goes his whatever happens. He's not going to care. Yeah. He either gets fired once or he gets, he gets hired, whatever. <laughs> either way, that's not going to really be. And then you talk about another four or five years down the road. It's not going to be like there's going to be nothing there. Same thing with UConn and all them. Once Jim's gone, like he said, it's those old Big East games are just done. It has a lot to do with the coaches. He had Thompson's, you know, the father and son duo there where the son kept the kept the rivalry going kind of. You know what I mean? And and, but Patrick Ewing comes in. It's not the same feel. Calhoun leaves. You know, you don't have that same feel there. So, um, all right. One more bonus buy, seller hold. One more bonus by Seller Hold, and then we've got a little piece of audio I want to play. I want to get James' thoughts on. Uh, <clears throat> by Seller Hold, the NFL has turned the halftime show into softcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. <clears throat> I didn't watch. You didn't? Nope. You didn't watch the halftime show or the game? I never watched the halftime show. I watched the game. Oh, my gosh. James. He holds this, this again. It's gonna sound terrible, but uh, you didn't I'm, watch I'm gonna either. go. I'm gonna go with a hold. I'm gonna utilize my hold because I haven't used it yet. I, I didn't watch it either. <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> I, I came back from the Syracuse game. I had a flight Sunday afternoon. I got back in at like 5 p.m. I had to get the rankings piece up. I was writing. I was writing during the Super Bowl, so I didn't really get a chance to watch it too much. Um, um, was, you know, I saw a few things on Twitter. I saw like the the tongue thing and people making <laughs> the jokes, like <laughs> joking yeah, it up on Twitter. Yeah, which, yeah. hey, I mean that's great. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't really see what happened. You did. It was awful. I was sat and watched it for everybody listening. I had no. I, that came on with me sitting there with my 13 year old son and my 11 year old daughter, and <laughs> oh, talk about freaking awkward. Talk about my son was like, it's awkward, uh, mortified. For oh my gosh, dude, this was awful. This was terrible. Wake me up when Metallica plays with the symphony or something, because <laughs> I I, I want to mm. see people playing instruments, not just like twerking. And dude, there was a literal pole dance. There was yep. a literal striptease. It was so. It was gross. And I'm sorry. I mean, it might be old fashioned or prude to me, but I mean, come on. We got I got kids watching this stuff. It's stupid. Anyway. All right. I was going to say by center hold that that commercial with Cal Drogo was the best commercial all night. Which one was that? The one where he came in. It's the big muscle guy from uh, he's Aquaman. Oh, I don't remember. And he the came in and he ripped his muscles. <laughs> I don't remember. The best commercial was the Groundhog Day commercial. James, you didn't see it. No, oh, that was a pretty good you one. You didn't see it. Yeah. You didn't see it, James. Yeah, it was pretty good. He's too busy writing for the noons. All right, look. <laughs> Here's here's I, I I listen to the post game press conference every every game. Look, and, I was gonna say, how did you not put that Mike Waters in there? <laughs> really, Joe? You dropping whatever, dude? Oh my gosh, <laughs> there he is, folks. All right, no, we the, because I saved it. I saved it for James. All right, okay. <laughs> so here we go. The, the awkward moment of the presser. Every game that he's played a lot of minutes, he's either fouled out of or close within 20 some minutes so he's learning the game work in progress it's going to take time coming into this game mark the team 
everything I say, Mike, is to try to get him to understand he's got to be better. Because he has a good game against some 6'3 guy. Maybe you're fooled by that, but I'm not. So I don't appreciate it when you run into him and say, well, coach said something bad about you. <laughs> I didn't say something bad about him. I said the truth. He needs to get better. And he knows that. He knows that. I didn't tell him you said anything bad. I told him what you said. I yeah. For response. I, I, know. I know exactly what you did. It's the worst kind of journalism, I think. <laughs> the worst. My opinion. Okay. Your opinion. Okay, so I, <laughs> I thought, I thought first I thought, well, what did he say? Because I don't know what he said. I don't even know what they're talking about. So obviously something, it's between them kind of, that obviously Coach is not very happy about. I asked James about it because I knew he was in the room. He said he got in late, but he did get to experience that. So, mm-hmm. James, what the hell? What the hell? Man, uh, there is no artifice with Jim Beheim, you never have to wonder where you stand with that guy. He's going to he's going to tell you exactly like it is. In this instance though, I I don't really see what he's so upset about. I I think it depends on the context and I I don't know the full context myself, so I don't want to speculate too much on that, but I will say Jim has been very open about how he feels about Quincy and what he needs to do. He hasn't shied away from that in any presser. He said it all in open forum. Uh, so if, if that's the case, if it's something based off that he said in a presser, I mean, it, this isn't a secret. You're, you're speaking to the media. You know what goes on here. You, you know what the media's job is. You know what Mike's job is. He's a journalist. He's a reporter. He's going to report on what happens. He's going to do his job. So if it was something that he said in open forum and Mike went to Quincy and followed up about that, th- that's his job. He is He's a journalist. He's reporting. That is his duty. And he's doing his job. Uh, on the flip side, if it, if it was something that was said in private and in confidence, then that, that's a different story. And then I think Jim might have a gripe with that. But I, I lean towards this was something that was said in, in a presser. And Mike went into the locker room and followed up with Quincy about it, asked him about what Jim said. And went from there. But, you know, I, I don't think it's any secret that, that you know, Jim has, has been very open about his criticism of Quincy all year. And I think he u- utilizes those pressers to motivate Quincy. And um, I'm sure he has those talks with him in practice as well. Quincy knows it. Um, you know, I was I was actually talking with Quincy um, after the Duke game as well. And, you know, he knows what coach expects of him. He knows, you know, Jim wants him to be better and all those things. Um, but but I don't, I don't really see what Jim's upset about here because you know what you're doing in those pressers and you know what the people um, that you're speaking to, you know what their job is. So I, I, I think it's, you know, we're living in interesting times when a head coach calls out a journalist for doing journalism. Yeah, like he said, I don't know the context either, but just a weird situation because Quincy can watch the press conferences. <clears throat> I mean, Jim... It's not a Jim, Right. Jim... Like Joe and I have talked many times, I think that's how he motivates his players. I think he 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 puts them under the yeah. microscope during the press conference, knowing they're going to either hear about it or watch it, and then um, he expects them to respond, you know, on the court. So and that's what he does. So, um, you know, I don't know. Weird moment. That just that just to me seemed like maybe a miscommunication where someone thought that maybe the words were thinking that they were trying to get a player between a coach and probably was the wrong forum to discuss that 
in in my opinion. That's kind of just how that came off is, you know, and sometimes that happens. And, you know, coach coming off the loss and he hates being, you know, when he taps the podium with his fingers, you know what I'm talking about, James? Yeah. When he, when he taps, when you hear that, when he, he's about, he's about to say something. He's not happy. When he taps the podium, that is aggravation building. That's how he releases it. And then he goes off on someone, but that's, that's what, how you know something's coming. Either that or he just wants to get the hell out of there. <laughs> and then he'll follow up. Okay, we'll see you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week. We'll see you. <laughs> All right, let's play some fake news or not. Real quick, got two more questions for you. Two games in one day. Y'all getting your money's worth today. All zero dollars of it. So, fake news or not works like this. It is basically buy, sell, or hold without the hold. And also... Uh, it comes from the it comes from the news comes from media. So um, both of these <laughs> both of these were uh, <laughs> both of these were from Syracuse.com, I think. And one of them was um, having to do with Dolzhai and Coach Shashevsky saying uh, Dolzhai he's got to be the most improved player in the confidence. He thinks he deserves the award for the most improved player in the ACC. He's such a good player. Um, you know, Dolzhai, let's see, scoring went from 4.1 to 10.6 from last year to this year, rebounding from 3.5 to 7 last year to this year, and assists 1.6 to 3 this year. So, and we see, you know, all of the other little things that he does. And um, it took a minute to get it going this year, but definitely improved. What do you guys think, uh, James? Fake news or not? Uh, fake news because Buddy Bayheim should be the most improved player in the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at Buddy's points from last year, 6.8 to 16.3, shooting a sniper's mark of 39.9% from deep this year, um, you know, doing a little bit more. He's getting on the glass and, you know, passing the ball a little bit more as well. But, you know, I, I think he's he's made the biggest strides on the team. And you could argue that, you know, Marek, and I won't dismiss that notion, of course, like Marek has, has played great. Um, he's done a lot more. Uh, I think he's he still hasn't quite shot the ball the way that he's capable of. But you could really throw either of those guys into the, the ACC Most Improved Player of the Award. Um, you know, you could throw both of them into that conversation. But yeah, you um, could. You know, I, I would give the edge to Buddy. I think Buddy's improved a lot. He's going through a little bit of a slump right now. But I think when you look at it on the whole, Buddy, Buddy's improved more from his freshman to um, his sophomore year as Marek has in his sophomore to junior year. And I think Marek had a good freshman year. And he just didn't get the same the same looks that he got in his sophomore year as his freshman year. All right, Joe. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say fake news. And again, it's more or less just looking at it like if you're looking through. Depends on what color eyes you have, right? So if you're looking Find through the brown. orange prism, right? Uh, brown. <laughs> if you're oh. looking through the orange prism, then you want to say something like Marek or Buddy. But I don't really know too much about all the teams to say that really. I mean, I'm sure there's people, there's players out there on different teams that have probably made, I mean, I don't know, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick Buddy, like James said, over Marek anyway, but I mean, I'd have to really do a deep dive to actually say one way or another. There's a lot of teams and we really don't know. I mean... Like I said, correct me if you're wrong. I don't know. So what was, what that's did, why I'd have to say hold. Yeah, okay. Well, I agree, but you don't hold. So you said fake news. No, yeah. You can't hold. Yep. You fake can't news. Hold. Sorry. Um, I just got to keep using holds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, you guys bring up some good points. I was going to say not fake news because, well, I mean, what the hell? 
Because Joe does, you, you have a good point, which I thought about Joe. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to research this. I'm going to go off pure emotion. <laughs> Who cares? So <laughs> uh, no, I'm, that's you. I'm going to say, yes, it is. I'm going to say not fake news, man. He is just so he is. He has gotten so good. I feel like just the dribble drive and with the ball and the ball movement and the, the passing has always been there. If people were to, you know, be able to capitalize on some of his passing. Like if we had a center that could handle passes from Mark, man, his court <laughs> vision is awesome. I think he's his best. He's got a high basketball IQ. It what Joe? <laughs> it's just, it's, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, so I'm going to say not fake news, but I see your points. I do. I do. But I love Mark. It was the whole, I, it was the whole center catching the past stuff that yeah got me. well it's been uh, it feels like it's been years i used to, I used to co- compare cj fair to the swan i used to call him a swan because he's so graceful there's been moments where where Dol- uh Dol- has been fair-esque with with some of his his penetration and moves at the basket very graceful so i'm i'm going there i went there all right um, you went there mm-hmm. let's see i went there you're gonna believe coach k over 315 legend? Are you kidding me? Well, you would think I wouldn't. Well, he's come on. I mean, how could you not trust a guy that tells the camera crazies to shut up? I mean, See? oh, good great point. Leader, man of honor right there. <laughs> good point. <laughs> uh, so this is a another pe- miscommunication and emotional response. This, right. yeah, this yeah, a half-hearted apology. That's okay. Yeah. Yep, that's who. The um, I guess this this was Brent X, and I forget what the what the the headline was here, but I found it interesting. If and this is chopped up, so but it's not out of context. Uh, he says if Syracuse is going to use nine games left in ACC regulation play to make a serious run at March Madness, it will come from simply outscoring people. Syracuse ranks 16th in the country in offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Uh, this is a terrific number. The Orange is taking. of its field goal attempts from three-point range, which ranks 32nd in the country and 7th among major conference teams. If Syracuse can string together some wins with games at Florida State February 15th and Louisville February 19th looming largest in terms of potential ACC resume boosters, then perhaps it can go back to the plan of fooling teams with the 2-3 zone in a postseason against the opponents not used crossing their path. In the meantime, Syracuse has to put the chips in the middle of the table and bet on offense to make a run, essentially abandoning a three-point shot and, and, and getting in the middle and scoring. What do you guys think? Did, Joe? did this guy write a whole book? Was, was that a question or was that a <laughs> I know. Well, I wish it was, I wish it was audio. Run on I, I know. I wish it was audio, but it's not. So what do you uh, think, Joe? I'll give it to James. <laughs> he sounded like he was ready. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's it's definitely going to come down to Syracuse simply outscoring more points than the other team because if they do that, then they're going to win every game and then they're going to get in the NCAA tournament. So if they, they outscore <laughs> the other team, yeah, they're going to get there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I buy that to some degree um, uh, on a serious note. Uh, I think, you know, it, it's been the story all year with Syracuse, right? You know, the, the, the offense has been there. The offense is... And, and, you know, the shooting has really been there almost every night uh, more recently. Not not as much, but, um, you know, the offense has been there. But the, the issue has been with the defense, particularly inside. And as we know, you know, the guards up top, not necessarily the most athletic backcourt Syracuse has ever had. So I, I think the defense can still make strides. I, I think it can still get better. 
But this year, the strength is on the offensive end, and that's where Syracuse has to hang their hat on. Um, they're going to get it done with offense this year as opposed to defense. Still, the defense can get better, but I think more so on the offensive end is where they're going to have to hang their hat on. Joe? Yeah, got to agree. It's 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 a no-brainer. I don't, I don't really see – in one part of that – article was he talking about move like not playing the two three zone and um, abandoning the two three zone man man yeah that was a because we know it's one never off. gonna happen no 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 that was a that was something he mentioned in in okay. kind of a quirky way but he wasn't serious about it basically what he was saying was is that um syracuse you know they are they're taking a lot of shots from three but their their points are lately coming from the inside is how i took it so oh, okay all right yeah, well, again, I just think that they have to do that and do that more. I talked about it to how many of the last games, other than the fact the one that Marek was in uh, foul trouble with, but second half, they kind of go away from it. First half, it seems like they can score down low. They're doing well, and, and they just don't do it as much as I think they could, especially when the shooters are struggling the way they are. I just think that they'd be amazed at how much that would actually open up the three-point shooting. So just like a run in football, like you run enough, it's going to open up the play action pass. So, it, the, the headline of the piece is Syracuse basketball has to abandon identity to make a NCAA run, assuming, you know, being the shooting from the outside. And, and yeah. so, I, I don't, I, I would say it's fake news too. I mean, I don't know um, if, if it's, if that's such a great idea, but when you talk about what they've done so far this year from behind the arc, and I feel like, you know, it'll come back. And like we talked about earlier, and, and, and people are figuring out how to guard these guys. And it's just been – it's going to be a, a learning curve, I think. And they're just going to have to get – you know, I mean, ball movement too was better in the beginning of the year. The assists were there in, more so in the beginning of the year. And some of that stuff has gone away too. So, um, you know, I mean, they'll figure it out. Just like they've figured out what they've figured out so far, they've adjusted. they persevered so far this year. I think they adjust and – Maybe they get both. Maybe they get the inside and outside game going. Who knows? I mean, I'd like to be positive about it. So that's it. Anything else y'all want to add? Joe, good buddy. <laughs> I All got right. nothing. Uh, I'm gonna eat my my eggplant here. It's gonna be glorious. Uh, looking forward to the pod going up and listen to it. Uh, always. You know. You know what? I do want to say something. Um, I, I was listening to the last show you guys did. Uh, Sean, you brought up something that. You know, when you when you started this whole thing, um, you know, you said something to the effect of you, you didn't think it would become what it is. And it's you know, it's meant a lot. You've met you've met so many so many people. And I, I kind of want to reiterate that same point, too. Uh, you know, when I when I started writing for noons, I, I never even thought it would turn into everything um, that, that it has. And, you know, it's it's meant so much in so many different ways that I never saw coming. You know, just being up at Duke um, at the Duke game this weekend. Um, I, you know, I met somebody who, who knew my mom and it's like every game I meet somebody new that says, you know, Hey, I, I know this person. I know that person, you know, lo- love what you do, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, so, so it, mean, it means so much. And then like to do stuff like this with you guys, it's a lot of fun. You know, we like to come on and, you know, have jokes and, you know, ham it up and all that stuff, yeah. but, but it really is cool, man. I mean, I've met so many people, um, it's made, it made a huge difference in my life. Just, you know, meeting, talking to players and, and coaches and all this, the, you know, it's it's been really life changing for me. So I, I wanted to reiterate Sean's point and, you know, just say thank you guys as well for having me on. You know, I, I know you guys were you know pumped to come on noons, but like this is fun for me, too. So I want to reiterate that point and, uh, you know, just say thanks for having me on. It's It's been a lot of fun. Well, 
James, you know, we really appreciate it. And yep. um, Absolutely. It, it, it's hard to find, it's really hard to find um, people who oh, we've never met in person that we've just, you know, yeah. you click with and you have fun with and you know, like I know I could sit down with James at the bar and have a grand old time. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yes, sir. Joe, you know, you know what I'm saying? So and it's, oh, like, yeah. it's been like that with James. It's been like that with Tyler. And, and, you know, this, this, this Cuse militia thing is way beyond what I ever dreamed. And having James on here is just great. And in Tyler and, and it's everybody in the fans. I mean, when you get to meet people from yeah. you know, fandom, I mean, yeah. it's awesome, man. It's awesome. It's a great community and it doesn't matter where you live. You know, I've gotten to meet a lot of them. And James, you're in New York. Joe's in North Carolina. I'm in Virginia Beach. And yep. it doesn't matter. This technology is, is, is brought us together. <laughs> Beautiful all, thing. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. So we appreciate it. Um, sorry, we're not going to get the fan feedback today. But we will be back on, t- you know, probably Wednesday-ish for uh, the, the, the wake preview. So thanks to James from Noon's Magician. Thanks to James on guitar. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to my bookie. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.